Pylon and Sticks, a former NFL executive who brings unique inside perspective and content on all levels of football. Guests will include NFL Pro Football Hall of Famers, former players, national journalists, and conversations with members of the cigar industry. Your host, Tony Softly. Welcome to Pylon and Sticks. I'm Tony Softly. You can follow the show on Twitter at Pylon Sticks and Instagram Pylon Sticks. My guest joining me now is a friend of mine and shares the same passions of football and cigars as I do. Yes, he does. A seventh-round selection, 182nd overall by the Green Bay Packers, and finished his NFL career with the Detroit Lions, now a host on Sports Radio 1250 AM, The Fan in Milwaukee. Please welcome Gary Ellison. GE, what's up, man? No, Mark, I'm doing pretty good. I'm here in the cold country up in Wisconsin. Is it snow up there? You guys got two feet of snow and digging things out every morning? <laughs> No snow yet. It's about 45 and sunny, so that's a little warm for us right I now. I was going to say, man, you can, I was going to put your shorts on and run outside and tank top. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, you know, I always do, when I have my guests on the show, I always do a little bit of research. Not a little bit. I, you know, I, most of the people I bring on are, are friends of mine. And then uh, if not, then I do some heavy research on, on my guests. And uh, I found out something I didn't know about you, man. You were in a movie. You were, you're a movie star, man. Talk to us a little bit about the 60-yard uh, line. Yeah, 60 Yard Line was a movie that we made uh, up in uh, Lambeau Field by some uh, college friends of mine. And uh, it's a romantic comedy. And you know what? I just played myself, Gary Ellison. How about that? <laughs> I hear you. Did did you have a did you have a main role? I got to go see it now. Did you have a main role? Were you speaking? Were you, did you just walk by the camera? What is it, man? Yeah, yeah. No, I had a little. I had a little speaking part in it. You know, it was set uh, in a in a house off of Lambeau Field. And uh, so this guy, the preaching, preaching from the movie, the guy, this guy bought a house by, by Lambeau Field, and he's a bachelor, and he wanted to hang out with his friends. And then, of course, now he falls in love, and he's got to make a decision whether he wants to be with his boys and party or get with his girl and start a family life. And so, and, and it's just a real movie in the fact that I go to this house all the time when I'm at Lambeau. And we have a party there and all that kind of stuff after, you know, after the games and that. So it, it was a natural part for me because I just played myself and just kind of hang out with a bunch of a bunch of my friends and talk about football and those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds like you all the way. There's no question. When, now, you were, <laughs> you were a Wisconsin Badger, man. So uh, who, who'd you play for? Was that Barry Alvarez? No, uh, the late Dave McClain. Oh, McClain. Uh, who I played for. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was your time at Wisconsin, man? It was great. You know, you're looking at a guy that came from the rural South, Albany, Georgia. Um, I had never been to Wisconsin before, before I got here. Matter of fact, I had never seen snow before. And basically, I was recruited <laughs> by all the major colleges, you know, in, in the South. And then I was recruited by Michigan and then Southern Cal. And then uh, Wisconsin. And, you know, after all that recruitment, I chose to come to Wisconsin. And, you know, it was the best decision I ever made in my life. You know, I was uh, my 15 years in, in scouting in the NFL as a director and a vice president. I, I've been to Wisconsin, oh, man, you know, maybe 25 times <laughs> or more. And I was on campus one day and I saw this young lady walk by me and she had this sweatshirt on that said, You dub. And I was like, wait a minute, Uh I I went to the University of Washington. There's only one UW. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's only one UW, man. And I I kind of just turned around and I watched her walk away and I just shook my head. I couldn't believe that. I said, the UW, well, I guess there is two UW. It's funny that you 
said that because when Kevin King came here, he tweeted those exact same sentiments mm-hmm. when he got here. He goes, I only really know one you know. <laughs> it was strange. I, I'd never seen that, uh, you know, so I just had to bring that one up for you. Hey, let's uh, let's uh, spin it around the NFL a little bit, man. Talk about some news and notes. Sure. And, and uh, Roger Goodell, you know, running a fifteen billion dollar, uh, you know, sports league. Obviously, uh, you know, has run into a pandemic, a challenge uh, that uh, the NFL and the NFLPA has accepted. The broadcasting partners as well. Uh, but what at what cost? I mean, I mean, um, where do you think they are right now? I mean, CTE was swept underneath the carpet. I mean, are the numbers really true of what we're seeing? Uh, and, and what are your thoughts on, on what's happening right now? I just call this, Tony, as a fluid situation. I mean, we, we saw uh, Major League Baseball go through it, and we saw the Cardinals had a huge outbreak. The St. Louis Cardinals had a huge outbreak in that in, in baseball. We saw the Florida Marlins have a huge outbreak, and I, I think it's a fluid situation. You know, no, no one really knows. If you, the only way you're going to make it safe and do it right is you can do it what the NBA, uh, the way they did it, and do it in a bubble. Well, the NFL, as you know, and as we both know, there's just too many moving parts. You just mm-hmm. got so many guys. There's no way that you can can do a bubble. So they just gonna have to try to figure out as as they go. I, I don't try to judge them as much because no one's been through this before. No no one has, and they're just trying to get these games in uh, the best way they can. Uh, if you were a player, uh, you could opt out if you didn't want to. They gave you the option to do that, and so. Um, and you knew going in that these guys are going to try to get these games in the best way that they can. I'm not saying what they're doing is right or what they're doing is wrong, but it's just tough for me to judge when no one has gone through this this pandemic before. You know, you look at the Denver Broncos situation. Um, you know, my only question with that situation is, is why not find the Broncos? Why not take draft picks like they did the Raiders in Tennessee uh, and and postpone a game instead of you know uh, downgrade or water down your product uh, and still hold up right. the integrity of the game. That's what bothered me with Denver. Well, see now I would agree with you on that. That one caught me off guard there. Right? I mean, you just and what what you're also doing is, is the safety of the players. So you're putting a guy uh, back there who's you know never really done it before, and you know you're, you're so you know Denver's going to lose that game. That's just all the man lost for them. So yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I thought that could have been handled better. Better. I thought maybe they could have pushed that game back. That would have made more sense to me. Um, I, yeah, that that one was not handled very well. You know, as a former player in the NFL uh, yourself, um, and having me having worked in the in the league, my thing is the players are the product. And you said it just a little while ago. You yeah. got to take care of the players. Uh, reading Twitter right. and and hearing rumbles. Of player unrest, are are you kind of feeling that vibe? Are you hearing anything like that? Well, we know the Ravens; um, they, they were upset about it. We know that the Pittsburgh Steelers, at some point early on in the year, they were the players there were a little upset about what was happening to them. I, I just, um, I, you know, it, it's just a tough situation to be in. I, I mean, I, I think there are some things that 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 could be done or set forth in place, but. You know, they, they just didn't do that. I mean, you, you got to buy a week. I mean, maybe they should have added – I see, I was a supporter for you. Maybe you should have added two bye weeks in this thing. You knew you were going to have a season. Yes. So, and you knew you were going to miss some games. I thought about missing some games. So when you made the schedule, why didn't we just put two bye weeks to protect yourself from this? And so if I had to look back on some of those things, those are some of the things I said in the beginning is that, that they're going to need another bye week just in case something would were to happen. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. I said week 11 with no extra bye week. Week 11 uh, in the NFL, they'll be done. They, they will cancel and, and take a two-week you know hiatus and then come back. Uh, well, it was what mm-hmm. week thirteen, week twelve, when when everything started yep. to melt down. Uh, but they kept that fifteen billion dollar train moving on that track, man. And <laughs> I, I got to tell you, you know, and you know, and I know, uh, you know. Well, well, Tony, if anybody know the inner workings of the NFL, you do. I mean, you you kind of sort of been on the front lines in, in the office, and, and so you know what that thing looks like from from the inside. Yeah, that, there's nothing stopping it. And, and I and obviously we've never lived through a pandemic, uh, and, and so like you said earlier, this is a different situation, a different scenario. And I'm not crushing them or blaming them. It's just bringing it to light uh, on some of the issues. Uh, you know, treating teams fairly. If if you're going to give one team a sixth round, uh, take a sixth round away. Uh, and another one, a seventh round away. No, make it standard. Make it a fifth round or something. Make it a deterrent so they don't do it uh, and they wear their masks. I, you know, there's there's some things they change. But all in all, I think they've they've done a good job, an amazing job keeping it moving. Seattle Seahawks are the only team that ha- hasn't had anybody test positive, which, you know, Pete Carroll told them this is a challenge. We, our ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. The ultimate goal here is to stay healthy and make sure that we don't bring this this virus, this disease into our building and they, you know, they've done a, a good job to this point. What about Green Bay? How are they doing up there with uh, with COVID? Well, we've had a couple cases here. Um, AJ Dillon and rookies, and and, and Jordan Love. It, it feels like most of the younger guys are are getting caught up in this a little bit. But we really haven't had uh, a lot of cases. Of course, Brown County is where Green Bay sits. Uh, they have one of the highest COVID rates up in Brown County, and that's why they really haven't allowed fans. Uh, at Lambeau Field. Now, just last week, they decided to let 500 people in, and that was basically basically just friends and family. So, right here in Wisconsin, right now, we're we're uh, having uh, extremes outbreaks right now uh, with, with COVID. I think we're probably the highest right now in the United States. So, we need to get our arms wrapped around this a little bit better uh, than we have uh, when these things first started out. Of course, now it's getting cold. And everybody now is going inside, so no one's able to be outside anymore. And I think that's why we're seeing our numbers spike a little bit here. You know, with uh, with the Carolina Panthers, I think we came up and played Green Bay once, and I came up with the Rams twice. And and I'll tell you, I'm not blowing smoke at you. That those people up there, man, they are the best fans as far as treating the incoming teams and everything. You know how you well, you know, you work through your way through the residential right. area and, and you're you're getting ready right. to go down onto Holmgren Boulevard or Avenue, whatever it is. They're waving at you. They're, mm-hmm. they're waving at you. And I'm like, look at this. <laughs> look at this. They're waving right. at us. Some people can't yeah. I couldn't handle it. They were trying to pull me in. I was like, no, nah. you know, they're trying to take that 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 <laughs> frown off my face. I was like, no, we're coming in here to beat you guys. And on the way out, we won. Right. We won on the way out, Gary. And I'm telling you, they stood there to a man, to a woman, to a child, to right on the curb, and they clapped as we went by. I'd never seen anything right. like that. Well, some people, I mean, you have to experience Lambeau Field for yourself. And no doubt. Like maybe the Holy Grail of, you know, or the NFL. I mean, there, there's certain places you got to go, right? I mean, Soldier Field, of course, you know, uh, Lambeau Field. I mean, they're just. I mean, the Coliseum, you know, I mean, there's just certain places, stadiums in the NFL that you have to visit, that you have to go to. And really, Green Bay is a little bit unique than all those places, is that the, the field sits right in the middle of a neighborhood. I mean, that is the strangest thing that you've ever seen before in your life. No doubt. All of a sudden, you're just, you're in a neighborhood, and boom, there's, there's Lambeau Field. 
Yeah, it, w- it was very strange. Uh, my second time there, I was just amazed at the first time. My second time and third time there, I took my tie off and left my sports coat up in the in the press box, in the owner's box. And I went out to buy a brat and some some cheese curds and just kind of get a feel of it, man. Because it was it was a trip. I was just I just had to soak it all up, man. Talking about the pack, man. Um, looks like they're back, man. It looks like uh, Matt Lafleur has got these guys rolling. He's a, truly a leader of fifty three men in an organization, and Rogers is playing at uh, at the highest level right now. It really is. I think he's bought into the system. Um, you know, it's just a lot like what McVay and those guys have done out in LA with the Rams and what they've been trying to do that offense. And, you know, basically, it's, it's an offense that, that builds upon itself. I mean, the, the run game, uh, Mary's the, the passing game, is a little bit different than we had under Mike McCarthy in, in his offense. It was really about getting vertical and getting downfield. And, and uh, Matt LaFleur offense is really about misdirections. It's really about play action pass. It's really about boots and screens and those types of things. Uh, so I, I thought last year, you know, Rodgers took him a little bit of time to get comfortable in what they were trying to do offensively. And I think what you're seeing right now is that Rodgers and, and, and Matt LaFleur are, are really on the same page. And, you know, listen, he hasn't really been sacked that much, hasn't really been hit that much. And this an offense is predicated on time. Just get the football out of your hands. You're not trying to look all over the field for one guy, really. You know, everybody's talking about Russell Wilson, MVP, Tom Brady. Hey, the man right now is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's at, what, 117.6 passer rating, 33 touchdowns, yeah. four interceptions. I mean, you know, he, he hasn't been sacked very much. He hasn't been really pressured. The offensive line has done a good job of keeping him mm-hmm. upright, like you just mentioned. But I'll tell you what, the running game with uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal uh, Williams that's a one-two tag team, man. Those guys are really, really good. I I didn't know Aaron Jones really coming out of college, but uh, you know, has a sleek kind of frame to him, but still, you know, a slashing right. running pad level down, driving mm-hmm. finish. I mean, seems like a hell of a running back. Yeah, nobody did. Uh, you know, dual threat. I mean, he he's in the same mold as that Alvin Kamara, uh, Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's one of those type running backs that can run it and and make it uh, catch the ball out of the backfield as well. I mean, I think their biggest problem with him in years past is that he would get hurt and we couldn't finish the season. And well, Matt LaFleur came in and goes, you know what? Listen, he's going to get a maximum of maybe 25 touches per game. And that's about it. And, you know, that, that's that been a, a, a saving grace for him because really he's been healthy now within the last two years and been able to play. Right. So that's why Jamal Williams comes in and, and able to spell him a lot. I think last week they both had 17 carries. So you're right. It's a good one-two punch. You know, I look at the wide receivers, and Adam seems to be uh, Rogers' playmaker. Lazard is a guy that uh, he goes to, uh, you know, in in pressure situations. Talk to me a bit, little bit about Valdez Scanlon, who I had in the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, and uh, St. Brown. These guys seem to be flashers and not finishers. Right. I mean, they're younger guys, and I think there's uh, some upside. Uh, um, MVS is more of a deep threat, you know, down the field type of guy, and I think that's pretty much the way they use them. Mm-hmm. A jet sweep, really kind of a guy. He just got to develop a little bit more. Tends to drop some balls that he should catch. Right. Um, St. Brown is a guy that's really been injured for the most uh, most of the time he's been here. A product out of Notre Dame, but I like him a lot. You know, he's six three, six four, and he can run like a four four. So, but he's got to just stay healthy. But within this offense, Matt McCool's offense, they they love bigger receivers that can block. So. Really, you know, they use those guys a lot in the run game. So I think it's two ascending players. But I, I think, you know, most Packers fans would love to to have another veteran receiver to go. Tanyan, the tight end? Yes. 
Big Robert boy. Trinian. Big boy seems to have some nice hands, run some routes. You see, you know, Aaron seems to be uh, building some confidence with him just in the games that I've saw. And I've only watched, what, four games this year on you guys. Well, you know, I think they're trying to spread it around a little bit. Jay Sternberg is a guy that they drafted pretty high a couple of years ago, and they need a little bit more production out of him. Mm-hmm. Robert Tunyon has come, come on and, and played very well. Mercedes Lewis, you know, he's been in the league forever, started out down there in Jacksonville. And he just came on and gave us a real veteran presence that, that we didn't have at that tight end position. I mean, they, they like to be a little bit more athletic there, and that's why I took Jake Sternberger. But right now, Rodgers is hitting on all cylinders, and I, I think he's doing a great job. Rodgers is, is spreading the football around to a lot of people. Yeah, there's no question. Um, is this defense, are they good enough to win uh, the NFC and possibly go to the Super Bowl? And that's what we don't know. Yeah. That's what we yeah. don't know. That's the jury is out on this defense. We, we get, we, you know what? Listen, uh, um, the NFL has changed, right? There, there's no more of those, you know, Ray Lewis, Baltimore Ravens defense, Warren Sapp, you know, you know, you know, Brooks and those guys in Tampa. I don't see those type of defenses anymore in the NFL. I think they're just relegated to now. Let's just get some stops. Let's get off on third down and let's just give our, 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 our offense an opportunity to, 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 to get some more possessions. And so right now, and that's the kind of offense that we have. We give up a ton of yards, but they seem to get better in the red zone. And we don't cause a lot of turnovers. They need to be a little bit better uh, up front. I mean, you know, we tend to give up a lot of yards in the run game. But what's been able to save us is that Rodgers can score a lot of points. So ultimately what ends up happening is opposing offenses and have to try to keep up with our offense, of course, exposes them. And I think what we have is a good pass rush. And I, I think our pass is probably one of the best in the NFL, but, you know, if you can get a lead on us and run the football like the Vikings came in here and did, you can beat us. You know, I was uh, doing some notes uh, on the defense and watching the games, like I mentioned earlier, and Lowry and Kiki and Clark, I kept putting notes next to these guys' names. They keep coming up. Uh, very, very active front uh, for uh, for Green Bay. Well, that's the problem. I, I think um, um, Clark needs a little bit more help. I, I don't think he has enough. Lowry, I mean, those guys are pretty good. Kiki, you mentioned. But he needs a, another running partner to go with him. I think that's really what we're lacking up front. And, and, and really right now, Kenny Clark sounds like he's still in the offseason. He's just getting double for team every single game. And he's been wearing down and he's been able to run the football on. So I, I think – if, you know, we needed to add something, it would be another defensive lineman to go alongside him. You know, Green Bay is uh, one game behind uh, the New Orleans Saints as the number one seed. Uh, you guys are hoping that Drew Brees stays off that field for a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we and everybody else are hoping exactly. that. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, and they play well. I mean, I, I think yeah. Taysom Hill's coming and done a pretty good job. You know, and uh, and so I, I think right now they're, they're the team to beat in the NFC. You know, we just got to play this string out and just see how it goes at the end. You know, I was looking at the uh, the playoff picture uh, the other day, and the power rankings uh, stand as the top five as this, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Green Bay, Seattle. Would you add anybody mm-hmm. else? Who else would you round into that, lump into that five category? Well, you know, for some strange reason, it doesn't it feel like San Francisco trying to make a run here? I, I was going to say San Francisco, and you can't count out the Rams, you know. So I mean, no, no. Well, the Rams, the Rams, are, well, the Rams, the Rams to me are going to be there. That's going to be a tough fit for the, the, the Green Bay Packers. But I, you know, if Cisco can get healthy, healthy as they can be, get back Garoppolo, I think there'll be a team on the outside that uh, I think will look that, that that could make a run here at the end. Yeah, they'll be that dangerous team for sure. 
uh, right. you know, the Rams, they want to be in that dome. They Nobody <laughs> wants to come through right. Green Bay, man. They don't want to come through nope. Green Bay out there. And nope. so, um, nope. you know, it, it's going to be an interesting scenario. You guys, do they still heat the field? Is it still heated underneath the boilers and all that? Yeah, 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 yes it is. Uh, but, you know, just like everything else, I don't know, the home field advance for us will probably be the weather. But, you know, if you're looking at New Orleans, I mean, that, that dome when you had fans, or you know, that that's a pretty good decided home field advance. But right now, I mean, I just think, you know, this COVID thing, no fans, it's just, you know, the home field just really has been there for me. Are they are they going to extend that or an exception for fans during the playoffs? Have you heard anything? Right now in Green right now in Green Bay they said no, but you know, floor situation, right? Yeah, and it's no in Seattle. And so I mean, you know, our governor here was like absolutely not, you know. So uh right. and California, um, I don't know how San Francisco has to move to Arizona. Um, but mm-hmm. LA is allowed to play down there. I don't know how that scenario worked yeah, out. Yeah, I know how that worked. Yeah, yeah so, so that so, was that so, was strange, so. man. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know what are you smoking these days, man? Because I know I know you smoking cigars. And matter of fact, well, man, when well, we ha- when know, we hang up, I'm, 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 I need to say it on the air. When we hang up, I'm going to get your address. I got two sticks in my humidor with your name <laughs> on. I will send them this time. I will send them. All right. I'm gonna hold you to that, okay. brother. We need those this pandemic time. You know, my father, I love my father. Oh yeah. Drinking on his EH Taylor right now. So yo, know, those are the things I'm smoking. Well, that's the one thing I'm smoking up right now. And that EH Taylor I just found, and that's what I'm drinking on, my friend. Yeah, man. Hey, the the my father Fonseco. Have you had that yet? It's a yes, bear- I have. Oh, is that a that is an unbelievable stick, man. Yes, it is. Yes, it's very smooth. Yeah, no, that one I'm enjoying. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, there's a couple mm-hmm. others. Uh, Crowned Heads. Uh, matter of fact, the folks at Crowned Heads uh, sent out <laughs> some cigars for me. Jericho Hill, Four Kicks, uh, Mal Das, uh, oh, and Lord. several others. You know, so I got to give them a shout out. Make sure you follow uh, Crown Heads on Twitter at the Crown Cigars. Um, so, yeah, man. You know, so, uh, but hey, man, I know you're busy. Uh, I just wanted to give you a yep. shout out, you know, and appreciate you joining me, man. And, and, uh, stay healthy, stay safe and uh, happy holidays to you and yours, man. Same to you, my friend. Thanks for calling. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.